only thing we have to fear is fear itself. The National Weather Service has issued a severe thunderstorm warning. Welcome. To the Common Sense Practical Prepper Podcast, where prepping doesn't have to be complicated or expensive. Coming to you from a well-defended off-grid compound high in the mountains. Coming to you from his Florida room in Richmond, Virginia. Neither off-grid nor well-defended, unless you count as chickens and cats, here is your host, Keith. Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to the Common Sense Practical Prepper Podcast. My name is Keith, episode 49. Today is June 26th, 2023. I want to take a moment and thank everybody for especially listening to the last two podcasts, Prepping with ADHD. Those two podcasts combined are probably two of the more listened to podcasts that I have put together. So thank you again for that, everybody. So I'm going to try to be brief. We have some very nasty weather coming in. And speaking of weather, here in the United States, it has been terrible. Texas, Oklahoma, Mississippi, even the Midwest, Indiana, Illinois, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New Jersey had tornado warnings and tornado watches today, and we're going to get hit uh, pretty bad here in about 15, 20 minutes. Last Friday, late in the afternoon, we had two and a half inches of rain here at the house in less than 90 minutes. When I came home from work, we had standing water in the backyard, standing water in the chicken coop and the chicken run. The chickens were up to their ankles. If chickens have ankles, they were up to their ankles in water. I was waiting for them to don the life vests and and start to bring down the lifeboats from the divots. Divots or davits? Start to bring down the lifeboats and every man and woman and chicken for themselves, but but it did not come to that. I went to Home Depot. I went to Lowe's. I purchased probably 10 or 12 bags of playground sand to try to soak up and try to get rid of all the mud, especially the, the pits that they've dug for their dust, dust baths. I can never say that word. Their dust, okay, the thing I just said, to fill that up with sand because it was nothing more than an in-ground pool of mud and, and poop water I, I did not want them um, diving into. Well, anyway, as soon as I turned my back, Runt dove into one and was trying to t- a literal bath in poop water. That was that was attractive. Got everybody squared away. Finally, rained a little bit yesterday, no big deal. And we're supposed to get hit here just in a little bit. So speaking of chickens, Hermione is sick. I believe she has the same thing, the cosiodosis rhodiotosis parasitic osis thing that Lefty had several months ago. And then, as you remember, Mary Poopins had that as well. And she's the hen that passed. And about four days now, the same symptoms. The poop looks the same, lethargic, wants to sleep away from the rest of the hens, does not want to eat, does not want to drink. So I have had to take a syringe with the Corid to put the cord in the water and take a syringe three or four times a day and get her to drink a little bit. She does not like that. Uh, it's not too difficult. I'm not hurting her, but it's it's just it's just a royal pain in the butt. So this morning, uh, she jumped down off of her roost because she insists on sleeping outside. And I opened the little gate just for her, and she actually ran up to me because I had her scrambled eggs. I've been feeding her scrambled eggs the last few mornings and sprinkling sprinkling in a few uh, pieces of lettuce and some of the crushed up eggshells for calcium. 
So she seemed a little more with it this morning. So I knew it was going to get about 92 today. And she just sits out there in the sun by herself and she won't get in the shade. So I put her in a large dog kennel that I have and put her in the Florida room, had a security camera on her. She slept most of the day. She didn't eat very much and she didn't drink much either, if any. So when I came home from work, I halfway crawled into the cage with her. She ate a lot of the new chicken feed. I was encouraged by that. She ate some cold scrambled eggs and some of the black soldier fly larva that I get by the, by the truckload. So she ate those and she still wouldn't drink water on her own. So I got the syringe out, got a uh, a few cc's into her. She was not happy, very, very squirming around quite a bit and put her back in the cage. And, you know, she settled down and pecked around a little bit. Then she actually went to the water dish and she went ahead and drank on her own, which I was very, very excited to see. I let her out. We walked around the house. Uh, Nikon and Canon weren't very impressed at all. And then we went back into the cage. So the golden comets are inside. Their door should close in about 15 or 20 minutes and everybody will be buttoned up and the rain will be here momentarily. So speaking of sick pets, Canon is insulin dependent diabetic. That's right. Canon is the new Wilford Brimley. Canon has lost some weight. I have not noticed because I see him all the time. Judy, my girlfriend came over and she remarked, Cannon's losing weight. And I'm like, well, now that you mentioned it, he is. And Jody has a diabetic cat. And she said, has he been drinking a lot of water? And I'm like, now that you mention it, I think he has. Has he been urinating a lot? Now that you mention it, I think he has. And she's like, you need to take him to the vet. So I got lucky. I called Friday afternoon. I got lucky. And the vet was able to, no, no, Thursday. Was it Thursday? Yeah, Thursday. So I got him in Friday afternoon. That's right. Got him in Friday afternoon. Super, super lucky. They must have had a cancellation. And they did the full workup. And the vet initially thought it was hyperthyroidism. That's what she was leaning towards, which is um, a lot less expensive to treat and a lot easier to treat, obviously. It's, it's a pill every other day. It's one of the options and you're good to go. He had the blood work done. They called me back. And of course, he's diabetic. So now it's a special food. Insulin, two units twice a day, about 12 hours apart. I've got to get that squared away. That should be here tomorrow. The food and the needles uh, have arrived. And that's going to be a whole thing. So there's going to be a lot of planning a lot of logistics involved. If I'm out of town, I have to work late. It's going to be a thing, but we will we will get through it. It's not the end of the world. He's a fantastic little cat, and he has already started eating the food. He likes the food. That's the only food he can have, and it is a bit pricey, $38 a four-pound bag, and there's not really a big discount if you order an eight-pound bag. So here's the thing. Nikon is a healthy cat. Canon cannot eat the regular food. So I would either have to put Nikon in the bathroom in the morning and and tell him he has to eat. Of course, he won't listen to me and then take the food up or keep them separate. Or the third option, just let them both eat the expensive food. Nikon will be all the more healthy for it. And I don't have to worry about who's eating what and, you know, you ate too much and did you eat his food and did you get into the other food and all that crap. So everybody's eating the healthy food. There is a chance that we caught it early enough that Cannon will go into remission on his own after we start the insulin. There's a, there's a slight chance he'll go into remission just with the food, but we start the insulin Wednesday morning 
go Friday afternoon for a quick test. We'll see here is where his levels are, and then we'll just adjust accordingly. So fingers crossed, he is a fantastic cat, taking it like a champ, which is why he's been following me around like a maniac for the last several weeks, why he's been grabbing pizza out of the pizza box, and why he's been running all over the counter trying to jump into the sink looking for dirty dishes. His body is telling him he needs more sugar, and he just has to eat, 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 and, and drink just, I don't know how much water he drinks drinks a day. Now, that has slowed down a little bit since he started the food Friday night. But uh, all in all, I, I, fingers crossed, feeling good about it, that, that he's going to be okay in the end. Okay, let's talk about prepping a little bit. I looked for some pantry tracking apps. Everything is on an Excel right now. And so I looked at uh, three different options. There are a ton of apps out there. I have an iPhone, so I went on to the app store. And there's a couple free ones that I really like that I'm just kind of messing around with. And those are My Pantry Tracker. And then there's Pantry Check. What they have in common is you can scan the barcode and it's going to say Bush's Baked Beans, 15 ounces or whatever. Then you can put in the expiration date, how many you have. There's several categories, subcategories. If, if they're at you know, multiple locations in multiple pantries, some of them have, some of these apps have the, uh, like a little recipe button. Press this button and you know, get the top five recipes for the beans or whatever you have, the rice, whatever you happen to have stored. So there's also one that I'm considering purchasing is $2.99 and it's called Home Food Storage. Now for $2.99, it has all the same options as the other apps, but it also goes into a little more detail and you can get really deep in the weeds with these. Uh, you can put some of the uh, nutritional facts, you know, how much sugar, how much fat, how much trans, whatever it happens to be in it at the time. And you can get, you can get very, very detailed with those. So I might try that one just for kicks. It's two ninety nine. It's got a lot of good reviews and it appears the devs are keeping up with any software updates uh, so it, it 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 appears to be current. So I think I will give that one a try as well, and just poke around with those three. I'll put maybe ten items. Uh, I'll put all it's the same ten items in uh, each app, and then I'll mess around with them and see ease of use. They all have like a shopping list. You can be you know click the beans and put it on a shopping list. So you go to the store, you pull it up. Oh, I need beans. I need rice. I need milk. Whatever it happens to be. So I'm going to mess around with those and let you all know how those turn out. Okay. It's been about what, 10, 10, 12 days since my last podcast and oh, how the world has turned upside down. Let's talk about a couple very obvious things. So let's talk about the sub. Let's talk about the sub that imploded uh, as it was uh, going to dive the wreck of the Titanic. So putting my tinfoil hat on for a second, we now know the U.S. Navy detected the very moment of the implosion. Now, all across the seafloor, I feel it's called Sonus. Anyway, there's all of these uh, listening devices, uh, just call them fancy microphones, on the bottom of the ocean. Now, those have been there for quite some time. What they initially were put there was kind of as a, as a picket to detect Soviet subs crossing over or getting near these um, listening stations, these big underwater microphones, and to detect the Soviet subs. Now, they are so accurate, and depending on the person listening to the recording or perhaps live, they can tell you 
the type of submarine, how many screws it has, how fast it's going, and even down to the point of the actual name of the sub. So even though, let's say a, a kilo class Soviet submarine, let's say there's 50 of them, and I have no idea how many. They have profiles, and I think I spoke about this several podcasts ago. Podcasts ago, When they identify a submarine by name and they match it to its acoustics, they give it the name of uh, the St. Petersburg. Let's say there's like a, a kilo class St. Petersburg, and that's what it's called, the St. Petersburg. So once they can actually identify and put an acoustic signature or an acoustic profile to a ship, in this case, the St. Petersburg uh, Kilo class, then that's what it's known as. So as long as that ship ah, sub is in operation, assuming they haven't done a lot of modifications, maybe a new propeller, all of our allies, when they hear it, a little thing probably pop up on the screen. Oh, that's the St. Petersburg. It was last heard or seen leaving Murmansk six weeks ago, blah, 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 blah. So anyway, we share all that all that information with our allies. So at some point, the moment it happened, that was detected. And I'm not sure if anybody, somebody was sitting there listening in real time, but there's going to be an alert show up somewhere in the world. Hey, microphone 32 just picked up something. Why don't you listen in? Well, the implosion of a pressure hull submarine, a pressure hold, a pressure hulled object is very distinct. Now, the larger the hole, the different the sound, the depth, all these things are taken into consideration. But any good sonar person hearing that knows that's an implosion. Okay, there's an implosion. They're like, all right, who was around? Where did this happen? And they triangulate and all that good stuff. Hey, it happened in this part of the ocean, give or take. Within several hours, all across the world, we're hearing about a missing sub. You put two and two together and someone somewhere says, hey, that's the sub, the Titan that imploded at this date and time and down to the second. So for the next several days, we were told that there was a search ROVs, planes, sono buoys. We hear tapping every 30 minutes. It's man-made tapping. Well, that was a bunch of crap. And the U.S. government knew, the Navy knew that the sub was lost. So as I wrap a few more pieces of tinfoil around my tinfoil hat, depending on where you look online, Twitter, Facebook, wherever it happens to be, the latest conspiracy theory is the moment that the sub quote, ran out of oxygen, very soon after that comes the story that the Navy heard the implosion. So now the question is, wait a minute, if I was a member of that fam or the family members of the persons who have passed, or even a crew member on the ship, I'd be pretty ticked off that for five days, we were not told the truth. It just so happens that the day before they announced the sub was lost, they announced that Hunter Biden was pleading guilty to a couple misdemeanors and the gun charge, and he was going to get a slap on the wrist, no to jail time, community service, I don't know, picking up trash on the side of the highway, whatever it happens to be. Some folks will tell you that they drug the sub story along as far as they could or as long as they could, and then somewhere in there they decided to release the press release on the Hunter Biden charges and plea agreement. Certainly plausible. I happen to think that's true, that that's exactly what they did. But I guess if you know anything about the news and news cycles, 
90% of the public you would think would be able to see through that, be like, hey, uh, you know, I get my news from more than w- from more than one source, or I'm I'm not going to be glued to this sub story for five days and not like take a breath, no pun intended, and step away and see what else is going on. Did you talk to your friends? Did you check another website? Did you did you hear about the Hunter Biden thing? It's certainly plausible. I'm not sure who the people that were like that really were surprised that this happened. Anyway, I, I, if I was a, a family member or a crew member or affiliated with Seagate, I would be absolutely livid. We wanted to do our due diligence and investigate it. We didn't want to come up prematurely and, and say the sub was lost when in fact it may not have been lost. So I think that's a load of crap, but I think that's ultimately what they're going to say. Now, since the original announcement of the them calling off the search and that it had imploded, I have not listen to any subsequent news conferences. So I think there's a very good chance. I think it's Admiral Kirby. I'm not sure if it's John Kirby, Admiral Kirby, a spokesman for the White House. He Back in the day, he was a spokesman for like the State Department. And I think he's been there for more than one administration. And back when he was with the State Department, he was pretty cool. Uh, but now he's just a mouthpiece for the administration, like most you know uh, spokespeople are regardless of of the party that they're affiliated with. So I think, and he's going to get a question. If you did not get that question today, he's going to get that question very soon saying, Hey, if you guys do an imploded five days, you know, prior to the announcement, why didn't you say something? So what you're selling, telling us is the family of the crew was kept in the dark for five days. What else was going on here? Well, Admiral Kirby will probably say this, and, and I have he may have said it already, I don't know, but what he will say or what he has said will be this, that we did detect something that ultimately was the sound of the hull of the Titan imploding. But out of due diligence and respect for the family, they wanted to make doubly and triply sure that this is in fact what they heard. They're going to say they didn't want to come out, you know, prematurely and announce, hey, everybody's dead, when in fact, maybe there was a small chance chance that they weren't, even though every single piece of evidence, physical and otherwise, was pointing towards an implosion and pretty much, you know, death was instantaneous at that depth. But Again, they're they're going to say that they wanted to hold off just to make sure, which again, I don't believe. Because in this day and age, and again, that microphone array has been around for a while, but please don't tell me that there is not a sonar operator smart enough to listen to that and say, that's a hull imploding. It's roughly in this area. That's the only sub that we know that's in the area And that was it. And again, people are going to say they ran this out to the very end as long as they could. And then this is when the crew, quote unquote, ran out of oxygen and now they're dead. What I have not been able to understand or been explained to me in any detail is what the 96 hours of oxygen is that for all five, is it 96 hours per person or is it 96 divided by five? What's the... What's the math here? Again, I don't think we're ever really going to know ultimately why they decided not to present that information as soon as they were able to verify it. And again, this is a very capable uh, type of system with thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of 
uh, marine traffic, surface ship, and subsurface, surface or serpent, subserpent. Yeah, there's there's serpents down there. Release the crack, and there's krakens floating around there, uh, setting off the microphones. Um, subs and stuff above the water. There's thousands and thousands of, of tapes and thousands of hours. So they knew exactly what it was, but it leaves everybody guessing. Let's see what else. What other conspiracy? Oh. The uh, the other thing to go with the Hunter Biden um, press release, the train that derailed into the Yellowstone River, trains derail all the time. And this is, we can go back to the train derailment in Ohio. You know, they didn't respond quick enough because of X, Y, and Z. And it's just, it's so sad that the first thing people go to is they made the train derail into the river to cause an ecological disaster to take the heat off the Hunter Biden press release. They decided not to tell us several hours after they knew the Titan imploded because they wanted to keep the heat and the attention away from the Hunter Biden press release. Again, could this have happened? Could this have been the, the real reason behind the delay of the Titan announcement? Sure. Do I think we went, do I think somebody, some government agency, derailed a train into the Yellowstone River. So everybody's looking it over at this shiny little object and not waiting for the DOJ to to issue their press release. I don't know. But it's so crazy on social media, people glob right onto that and they accept it as fact and they just run wild with this stuff. People, get a grip. I trust the government as far as I can throw it. We look at the two-tier justice system and I hate to get political, but you have to be blind not to see what's the expression rules for rules for thee and not for me. It, it's so blatant, and I think at this point, and, so, and this happens on both sides of the aisle. Don't don't get me wrong. I think it's so blatant at this point that the, the party in power just doesn't care, and that makes people like me and people in prepping or long term food storage, whatever you want to call it. That's the kind of stuff that makes me nervous when there's so much evidence towards some type of corruption going on at the White House, some type of corruption going on at the DOJ and and, and a few other alphabet agencies. When the pile of evidence just gets higher and higher and higher, and then the AG comes out and says, if you question us, that's attack upon democracy. Everyone's like, what? So I can't say that the DOJ has a two-tier justice system because if I do, the AG says that's attack on democracy. Most people, including myself, will call that First Amendment. That makes me nervous, and that should make everybody nervous, regardless of your political affiliation, when the top law enforcement person in the country says, oh yeah, well, if you don't like what we're doing and you voice your opinion then that's an attack upon this country. You're attacking the very foundation of this country. Everyone's just saying, but I can see what's right in front of my eyes, and I don't think it's fair that this is happening to so-and-so and not happening to so-and-so over here on this side. Again, reason 215 why, why I prep, why I have long-term food storage, whatever you want to call it, because situations like that make me nervous. And like I've said before, if the poop really hits the fan, nobody's coming to help us. Nobody's coming to help you. 
We are going to be on our own. And I'm a firm believer that the more stable our government is, the more stable society is, and then just big picture stuff, everybody is more content. You know, nobody's like, you know, looking at somebody out of the corner of their eye, but that's not the situation today. So again, it makes me very nervous and I know it makes a lot of other people nervous. We just want to be left alone. We just want to go about our day. We just want to work our jobs. We want to get our paycheck. You know, we want to go fishing in the, on the weekends. We just want to enjoy ourselves and not have to worry about civil unrest and not have to worry about what if X, Y, and Z happens. You've got the thing in Russia, the Wagner Group, and Putin. I have no idea what's going on there, and I'm not even going to begin to guess I know what the hell happened with all that stuff. Again, conspiracy theories all over the place. I'm going to leave that one alone. I'm going to leave Ukraine alone, except for the accounting error that another $16 bajillion just got freed up to go to Ukraine, and that's suspiciously on the heels of that Ukrainian political official saying he has all these audio recordings of phone calls, and as soon as you know he wants to testify, and as soon as that came out, you know someone forgot to carry a one and move the decimal over. Oh, look, sixteen more bajillion dollars that we can send to Ukraine again. Wrap your wrap your tinfoil hat just a little bit tighter. And some people are able to connect the dots and say that's awfully, awfully suspicious. Okay, folks, I can hear the storm coming in. So before we lose power, and I'm pretty sure we're going to lose power on this storm. However, my solar generators, my uh, EcoFlow Delta Pro, and the extra battery are completely charged. We had some fantastic sunlight today, 92 degrees and sunny most of the day. We are topped off as well as my, my other smaller solar generator. So we are going to be in good shape. Folks, thank you so much. Oh, that was a lightning strike. Um, thanks, thanks before I get electrocuted. Thanks so much for listening in. Again, this has been the Common Sense Practical Prepper podcast episode 49. And again, as always, please be safe out there. Take care of one another. And until next time. Thanks for listening to the Common Sense Practical Prepper Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you're at it, help spread the word by leaving a rating and review. 